Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. Use the Odyssey app. Download it today for free. And you can rewind Monday through Friday to hear the sports junkies from 6 to 10 a.m. Michael Phillips from 10 to noon. I take over take over from 12 to 3 before we hand it off to Grant and Danny from 3 to 6. We'll talk 49ers with Dante Whitner, Dante Hittner, longtime safety at 2 p.m. And then Danon Hughes, reporter for the Kansas City Chiefs, will give us the Kansas City perspective at 2.30. But joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, it's our buddy Drab T-Shirt. What's going on, Drabby? Hey, Wad. What's going on, my friend? How are you, dude? What's going on? What's new? Ready to go. Big night here in uh, D.C. in Bethesda. We got the fan versus 980 live sold out tonight on stage. It's going to be a fun time with about 500 listeners. Can't wait. Even uh, Drab and Valdez are going to be involved in a little bit. I love that, man. I'm, I'm happy for you about that. And I love how yesterday you handed out the playbook for everybody trying to figure out why Dan Quinn was the guy hired. I watched that full 15-minute video that you posted about Dan Quinn's defense. That got me fired up, Drabby. Hey, man, yeah. It's frustrating to me, and and I think that this is – I keep hearing he's Ron Rivera 2.0, Ron Rivera 2.0. He's not Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera was checked out by the time that he got here. (laughs) it's not. It's not even. It's not even close to the same guy. A Wad. Dan Quinn oozes with charisma. Absolutely, he's a teacher. He coaches. He's fiery. Ron Rivera sat there with his arms crossed, season after season. He was. He was fired. You. You. The Commanders or Redskins, whatever they were when they hired him, hired him coming off immediately being fired from another job. Dan Quinn got fired for in Atlanta after five and a half seasons. A few years ago, uh, rebuilt his career, going through the coach, being a coordinator again, learning from his mistakes. Dan, uh, Ron Rivera never had a break. They brought him in there because of Dan Snyder was a goofball and that they needed a quote-unquote culture change. And he just wasn't – I knew from day one that Ron Rivera wasn't going to turn this thing around. I do not feel the same way about Dan Quinn. I absolutely believe Dan Quinn can win in this city. I love it, man. And look, we did the eye test yesterday. He's got a lot of Pete Carroll in him, I really think, mixed with like Dan Campbell, right? And I love this, you know, approach. He's 53. He's still got a lot of fight in him. I personally love the backwards hat. I know you love the backwards hat as well. It's part of your yeah. style. Um, so let's get to the segment, though. It's time for Don't Sleep on These Picks. It's time for Don't Sleep on These Picks. Presented by Don't Sleep Energy. Awad will be joined by one of the donks behind the glass, Drab and Valdez. He's the sexiest man on the planet. To go through the best college and NFL games of the weekend. Weekend! Weekend! Don't sleep on this segment every Friday at 1245 on Awad Radio. All right, so I'm actually going to give out my lock of the week here in the NBA drab. The the Phoenix Suns have been playing much better basketball as of late. They've finally uh, gotten healthy with Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, and Kevin Durant, who had a, a game winner the other night. They face off against the Atlanta Hawks on the road tonight, 730 in Atlanta. Give me the Suns to win and cover the three-point spread. Adam. Yeah. Are we really doing NBA picks? Is that how far <laughs> we've fallen right now? I mean, I can't believe it. it's so sad. It doesn't feel right. It's a, it's a Friday night. 
college football's over. NFL's got one game left, and I can't stand the NBA anymore, Adam. <laughs> I used to be the biggest NBA fan. Everybody knows that about Drab. I can't sit down and watch a game anymore. You got the Lakers playing Boston last night. LeBron's not playing. Nobody's playing for the Lakers, and they beat the Celtics in Boston. And nothing makes any sense. These guys are just half-assed all the time. I can't take anything seriously in the NBA when it comes to betting. I mean, you're so right. I'm the guy. I, I admitted it at the opening segment. I lost 15 bucks betting on the Celtics last night to win a dollar. Like that's how stupid I was. I thought there was yeah, no chance it, they'd win. <laughs> It, it doesn't make any sense. So, I like the Thunder. The Thunder tonight, what the hell? What, what does it even matter? <laughs> the Thunder playing the Hornets at home tonight. My guy Chet Holmgren, uh, I think the, Hornets, uh, the Thunder are 15.5-point favorites. That doesn't make any sense. So, give me the Thunder. <laughs> you got any NCAA picks you want to give out? NCAA? Are you are you kidding me? You think I'm gonna? You think I'm gonna watch? You can in Virginia. You can't even bet on the Virginia team. That's no fun. You think I I'm you gonna, gonna? You don't want to touch Butler against Creighton tonight? I might watch a few minutes of it. The Hoyas versus Marquette. I think play tomorrow. Hoyas have been playing a little bit better. I have no idea what the spread is. I forgot to look, but I kind of like the Hoyas maybe uh, to hang tight with with Marquette for a while. All right. So, so let's that, g- how many points they're under their 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 underdogs? Give me that. All right. So let's get to the tilt of the week here. And Drab, I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm tilted about something that you said on Bit Season a month ago. Okay. Everybody loves a New Year's resolution. Drab had a brilliant idea. He said, I'm going to read yeah. a book a month for the entire year. You were so confident and cocky that you could knock it out so easy. You're not a nerd, Drab. How many pages into your book are you? It's February 2nd here. Yeah, it's February 2nd. I should be on the book two by now, and I'm on page two of the first book, Adam. <laughs> I'm literally on page two. I'm a phony. I'm a pretender. I'm a liar. Whatever you want to call me, that's fine. I had this grand idea, a book a month. Who can't do that? I'm a guy. I like watching sports on TV. I always never had time for books. The idea sounded great to me, so I went on Amazon one day, and I bought this book uh, called Empire of the Summer Moon, I believe it's called. It's about the Comanches and, you know, the war and them being wiped out horrifically, and it just sounded very interesting. People say it's one of the best books written in a long time. And I got two pages in, and every time I'd read it, I'd read I'd literally the three times I read it, I'd fall asleep after after two sentences. <laughs> I just uh, love like I wish we had the audio stub because you should have heard Drab. He was like a book a month. I could do. I might be even be able to do two books a month. I'm gonna knock this out. And and you kept saying something about like I like to learn. I like to expand my mind. <laughs> I I do. I, I like to learn and expand my mind. That 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 is true. But I've also been trying to go to bed a little bit earlier. So <laughs> that's cutting into my reading time. <laughs> All right, you're up now. What is your tilt of the week? My tilt of the week, Adam, is people. Turning their nose up at Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly is one of the most innovative minds in football in the last 30 years. He's a tremendous talent. I'd say a genius when it comes to offensive side of football. And there's this whole thing going around that you have to have an off- the next boy wonder. If he's not your head coach, you have to have a boy wonder offensive coordinator. And it's just so tiring. Chip Kelly would be a great fit for the commanders as their offensive coordinator. And let me tell you why. Because everyone said you can't hire a defensive coach because why? 
they're going if your offense does well, they're just going to take your offensive coordinator and you'll be stuck with it starting over again on offense. Just like it's going to happen to Bobby Slowick from the Texans or what's happened many times over the years. Chip Kelly would be a fantastic hire, Adam. And the reason why is nobody is going to ever hire Chip Kelly for another NFL coaching job ever again because he's stubborn, he's difficult to work with, nobody wants to give him the full control because we saw what happened in Philadelphia or he doesn't relate to, he can't relate when he's in charge to NFL players. The whole thing. You know, he, he, he could, they could go 17-0 and and score 500 points and no one's giving Chip Kelly a head job again. He is a great guy to have because he can. He's not going to abandon you. That's a job he'll he'll be your OC for years. I like the idea of hiring like a Frank Reich or a Chip Kelly or one of these guys that's been around for a while. That uh, Josh McDaniels that nobody's going to hire again because they bombed out as a head coach the first time around. You, you or had they rub people the wrong way. You had me completely convinced with everything until you brought up McDaniel and Frank Reich. Like, that is not the best part of your argument. <laughs> no, that's a great – Josh – no, 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 Adam. Josh McDaniels is a, a, a brilliant offensive coordinator. He's a terrible head coach. He's good at scheme. He's great. He's a genius at, at coming up with plays and running an offense. He's a terrible leader. Frank Reich – he didn't work out. He wasn't terrible in Indianapolis. He did fine. He was terrible in Carolina, but that's a whole different situation. I have faith that Frank Reich can design an offense. Someone like that. If it wasn't even Eric Bieniemy, I guess if it wasn't from just fail in front of our face here right now, but somebody like that. But Bieniemy could do well and get a, finally get a head coaching job though. So he might he might leave you. I, I like castoffs. I'm a big cast-off guy, <laughs> I love that. Hey, I need to tell a story real quick here, Drab. So last Sunday morning, I woke up. It was it was 6 a.m. I opened the ESPN app, and I nearly Venmoed you $75 because I saw Danil Medvedev was up two sets to love and was uh, it was 1-1 in the third set there, and we had yep. that $25 bet on Medvedev. I went back to sleep just to wake up heartbroken and that Sinner won the Australian Open. Well, he choked again. That's what he's known for. I can't. I can't believe you bet on him. I told you he wasn't going to win. I what do you mean? You enticing. split the bet with me. Well, you're a liar, dude. You were all in on Medvedev. <laughs> did I? Did I? No, 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 no. <laughs> I told you I was going to place a bet too, and then I backed out last minute. Sinner right. is long and lengthy, lanky, and he's annoying. And I, it should have been Joker and Alcaraz in the final, but they both. <laughs> They do. They both choked. Let's be honest. <laughs> is Joker is, is Joker is is he the really the greatest of all time? If you're losing to Sinner <laughs> in a semifinal, are you really is he really the greatest of all time? He was supposed to take that trophy and and and, and moon the people of Australia for the way they treated him, right or wrong. I don't care for when they abandoned him from the country or whatever happened. He was supposed to he was supposed to mock the, the Australian officials and win their tournament, but he choked. Yeah, no, he did. Drab, great stuff, man. Yeah. Oh, fun segment. Thank Always you. appreciate it. All right, bud. I love you, man. Later. Yep. Yep. Have have a fun time tonight. Uh, it's going to be a ton of fun. It's 106.7 against the Team 980 live in Bethesda. This was Don't Sleep on These Picks presented by Don't Sleep Energy. If you need the energy to stay up late, see your picks go up in flames, head over to don'tsleepenergy.com. It's easy. Use the promo code AWOD Radio to save some cash. Your picks might go busto, but you'll be loaded with gusto. Don't Sleep makes you great. They support Bit Season and AWOD Radio. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. 
now at 105.1 FM. It's a 9-10 party here at River City Roll. I think it's Zach's first time back since football festival uh, last August. Warm-up round for He's Zach. We, a warm up yeah, round. yeah. We won't say his score, but it is below seventy. Not, not great. Right. Now. <laughs> he, he's he's a middle linebacker in the NFL. That's, <laughs> that's not what you want in a bowling score. Uh, so uh, Michael, though, on fire here, up to one twenty-three with uh, your final frame to roll, and you're coming off of a strike. So we'll we'll imagine at through five, you have seventy-two. I had seventy-nine. <laughs> you're not out of this by any stretch. I put up I put up some empties there in the second half. So if you can regain your form, you can get this done. Well, what I like though is that you didn't bring the hot sauce today. All right, no. But that's why I'm going to win. There's nothing on the line. No, I'm playing loose and free and easy. But you, and know you, who you is said, on the line. You said my guy was going to be on the line. I said give me a headset. My guy is on the line. Your guy Zach Joaquim on the Hadid Mercer. Our guy. Rug cleaning hotline covering VCU athletics for the Richmond Times Dispatch. What's going on, Zach? My guys, what's up? What, A-Wan, ah! what's Michael's form looking like? Okay, Awan throws it with the spin. He puts the hook on it. Yeah. I bowl a straight ball, straight as an arrow. I just run it straight at the front pin every time. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, it's like you're a straight shooter. Straight you bowl shooter, how baby. You look, you there, there's no spin here. This is the no spin zone. All right, Zach. So, um, you know, let's get to this rivalry here: VCU against Richmond. Uh, a little bit heightened, I think, with new head coach Ryan Odom and the fact that you have a transfer from Richmond to VCU and Jason Nelson. Absolutely. It, it would be a signature win for the Ryan Odom era, right, um, in his first taste of this rivalry. Um, and Jason obviously going to manage be managing a ton of emotions on Saturday. We asked Ryan about it in the press conference yesterday, and he said, look, I haven't really said anything to him about it. We all know how you got to approach it. you got to try and approach it like any other basketball game, even though it's obviously going to be much more than that for Jason Nelson. But, hey, that the Eagle Center is going to have the home support behind him uh, might be a different deal when we're at the Robin Center in a couple of weeks here um, in managing the emotions for him. But certainly a big one for the program and for Jason as an individual. But I talked to him at practice yesterday and I'm writing up that story right now. And, and he seems zoned in, man. You know, you're asking him about managing the emotions and what he's telling himself heading into it. And you're trying to stay psychologically centered, you know, and treat it like any other basketball game, even though it's obviously going to be emotionally heavy for him on Saturday. Yeah, it's going to be so. It's going to be wild. A ton on the line. Uh, give me, give me the keys to winning this game in the paint, Zach. Because I, oh, I, uh -oh, I, I jumped the gun on the key. I jumped the gun on the keys there. I forgot. I forgot we jingle the keys on this show. Uh, how, how do you win the battle in the paint? Because uh, I think, I think forty-one on, missed box outs. I think, yeah. I think on paper that favors you are right now. It absolutely does. And and Awad read my mind in Ryan's press conference yesterday. He talked about forty-one missed box outs in the Bonaventure game, a lot of those obviously came in the second half. And I think a big part of that is about knowing your personnel, right, and knowing the guys that are going to crash the glass. I think Charles Pride only scored four points for them, but he ended up with ten rebounds. And his tenacity in crashing the glass resulted in a lot of second-chance opportunities for them, and that killed BCU. Ended up with a 16-3 offensive rebounding margin. They had 16 second-chance points. And the big guy for UR in that regard uh, is obviously Isaiah Bigelow. He's leading the A-10 is 9.1 rebounds per game in conference play. So you got to put a body on him. And then Neil Quinn is, is seven foot, 260 pounds. VCU has obviously struggled with true fives this year. And so we asked Ryan about what kind of matchup that is for, for Toby Lawal um, and Firm. Yeah. And you're going to have to help, right? And they did a good job against that the other day against Chad Benning. That wasn't the reason that VCU lost that game coming into it. You know, in that, in that first matchup, Benning killed them, especially in the first half. Um, 
And with a guy who's that big who can play with his back to the basket, it's obviously hurt DCU all year. And they did a good job, I thought, on Tuesday of, of bringing help, of doubling the ball out of Benning's hands, of, of forcing him to catch a little further out so he couldn't initiate the post touches and back his man down and get to his spot. And they're going to have to do the same thing against Quinn. But the problem with Quinn is he's a better passer out of the post than, than Benning is. And so the rotations, when you bring that help on Quinn, when you bring the double, when you try and force him to let go of the ball out of the post, the rotations off of that are going to be huge for VCU on Saturday on getting around to, to U of our shooters and obviously most notably Jordan King, who's leading the conference with 22.1 points per game and has shown great range for them all year. Would think that Zeb Jackson draws that assignment, and that's going to be a huge yeah. battle him chasing King around on the perimeter. Zach Joaquin with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, AWOD Radio Broadcasting Live from River City. Roll here, got Michael Phillips hanging out. You know what I like about this matchup is Richmond's obviously the better defensive team right now, the best defense in the A-10, but I think VCU has the better offense. We've got the offensive-minded head coach, and I do believe in terms of star power, we've probably got more scores with the bench unit there, including Joe Bamisil, uh Fats Phillips, and Toby Lawal. I like the Rams' chances because of the amount of points we can score offensively. I like the Rams' chances if they have Sean Barstow, right? I think I think that's the, the huge key here. They really missed him on Tuesday with being able to score points inside. That was such a huge live by the three, die by the three game, right? BCU built that 20-point lead in the first half because they were shooting the lights out from outside, and then the threes just weren't falling in that second half. Bonaventure obviously did a much better job of closing out to VCU shooters, namely Max Shulga who went crazy in that first half, and it seemed like Bonaventure kind of missed the, the scouting report on him. And then in the second half, reverted to what you saw a bunch of teams do early in the year when Max was really heavily relied upon by this VCU team when Joe and Sean weren't there, when he was the top of the scouting report for everybody else. And Bonaventure was throwing multiple bodies at him on the perimeter and making him give the ball up. And so if VCU has Sean Bear still on Saturday, I think that completely changes the dynamic of their offense because that's where a, a lot of their points in the paint and, and inside the three-point arc come from, right? When Sean Barristow is able to initiate the offense, collapse the defense a little, get, a little bit, get that post position that we know he loves when you put a smaller guard on him on the perimeter to be able to back his man down and either dump off to firm after drawing help or, or be in the pick and roll with Toby and Lob. And so I think that's the key for VCU offensively. They've got to have Sean Barristow to win this game. No, you're absolutely right about that. I'm not giving up my, my chances if Barstow can't go. And, uh, you know, we're, we're hearing kind of both sides of this with that injury still day-to-day. Maybe they want to hold him out because if he, you know, gets banged in that rib, it could lead him to missing a few more games, and you definitely don't want that to happen. Uh, X factor in this game, uh, look, Max Shulga had a terrific first half against St. Bonaventure on the road. I mean, what was he, 5 for 5 in the first half in the three-point line? I think the difference in the second half was the missed three-point shots. Joe Bamisil had several opportunities to tie the game or win it with a three. He's my X-Factor tonight. Look, he's a Richmond guy, local guy. He's going to have friends and family in the building. This is a huge game for the city. I wouldn't be surprised if Joe Bamisil went off for 15 or 20. And the local guys really know the, the meaning of this matchup, right? I obviously asked Jason about that. And to him personally, it means a little extra. But just for anyone who grew up in the area, basketball in the city of Richmond, everyone knows how much this matchup means. And, and I'm with you. BCU, when Joe has come off the bench and provided that spark, has been so much better this year. And so he's an X factor. I'd point to Kawani, um, who's been so good shooting Ooh, the three okay. and eight ten play. Get, get him volume. You know, get him looks on the outside 
Um, and Sean is a huge part of that in being able to, to draw help and get Kawani some space on the perimeter because he's so lethal on the catch and shoot. But he's not a guy that you can ask to create his own shot, really, especially on the perimeter. Sometimes he can get those baskets where, where he's got a smaller defender on him and can get to the paint and hit that little hook shot. But he's a catch and shoot guy. And so the key is for, you know, him getting to his spots on the perimeter. He loves the wings in the corners and being able to either Zeb Jackson or Max Shulga or Sean Bairstow be able to get in the paint, draw some help. So he'd be my X factor if BCU can get, you know, three of four from three or, or, or something like that from Kwani and get him going a little bit. Then that's really going to get the Seagull Center into it. He's such an easy guy to root for, and he's been one of those sparks this year, both him and Joe. I love how much Joe interacts with the crowd, right? Anytime Joe yeah. gets going in the Seagull Center, it's particularly fun. That's going to raise the energy levels in that place a great deal. And so those two guys, you really, I think you have to have one of them at least get hot from outside and start to fill it up a little bit for BCU to have a chance to win this game. So my X-Factor, Joe Bamisil, Zach said Kwani, Kwani, who do you like? Give me Christian Furman. I want a four for four. Four fouls, four blocks, big big inside presence. (laughs) Is this windy? That's a good point. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Sir, this is a Wendy's drive this, I mean, he is going to be an interesting matchup to see how he, you know, plays against Neil Quinn. I kind of like it because Neil Quinn's a little bit slower. He's a beefier guy, and you just had that matchup in Chad Venning. Even though it didn't work in your favor, hey, at least you're going against a similar uh, guy there. But um, really, I think this game is going to come down to can VCU limit the defensive breakdowns that are caused by this Princeton offense with the amount of backdoor cuts and screens they run. You can't give layups to Richmond. Make them earn it every time down the court. And it behooves VCU to have just seen something similar against Davidson, right? I think that that prepares them well for this game. Um, And they struggled with that in the first half against Davidson. Um, And kind of even in the first stages of the second half, it was in that last seven minutes that they really locked in defensively, started communicating better, and you asked the guys after the game, what was the difference? With only, they only allowed one field goal for Davidson in the last seven minutes of that game, and they said communication and rotations, you know, the not getting beat uh, off of sets, like you said, that they were on the backdoor cuts and letting them get easy baskets down low. Kuchera specifically for Davidson killed them in the first half in that regard. And so I think that that helps them to have just faced this team that kind of runs some similar sets. Uh, they should be used to the rotations that it takes to slow down an offense like that. And I wanted to throw this in, too. Obviously, everyone's eyes uh, around VCU and Richmond uh, will be here on Saturday. But uh, I think afterwards, some eyes will turn to Farmville and the uh, the big Macon yes, Sydney sir. matchup. We, uh, we had to ask, obviously, Ryan Odom, uh, former Sydney star, about that. And he said a lot of his friends and former teammates aren't coming to the game on Saturday in Richmond. They're going to be down in Farmville. And so, uh, so I think afterward, if, if Ryan gets a chance, and then maybe being in a winning mindset would obviously help with, with this. But he'll, he'll certainly turn an eye down to Farmville to see the results of that matchup because that one's going to be awesome. I believe they're sold out in the Kirby Field House. Yep, yeah, it's a 2 p.m. matchup. We had Coach Kimbrough from Hampton, Sydney, on the show today. You can rewind on the Odyssey app back to 12:30. You can always tweet us at AWOD Radio. Uh, guys, just got a, uh, a message here from John, who's the listener of the show. He says, "VCU is the team of Richmond, Virginia, until proven otherwise." Well, you know, they they, they retain the the title, I think, in the rankings. Uh, you know, Richmond's higher up in the standings, but chance, chance to prove something, chance to redeem a lot of a uh, lot of disappointment in recent memory. Yeah, what do you think, Zach? Yeah, I mean, they're certainly higher up in the standings and playing better basketball right now. Odom was was candid talking about they're playing the best basketball in the conference right now next to Dayton, and they just beat Dayton. And so they they certainly deserve that spot. 
atop there. But uh, I'm sure the black and gold fandom would say that shouldn't erase the history of the series, which is VCU leads 59 to 32 all time, has won eight of the last 10 meetings. Richmond's 3-16 and 16 all time at the Siegel Center. And so I, I'm sure VCU fans will be pointing to those numbers coming into this game. But my, my colleague John O'Connor you know, wrote an article yesterday about all the things that are in Richmond's favor heading into this matchup. The Siegel Center has not been the fortress this year that it has been in years past. And that's, that's obviously in their favor. Um, and, you know, the black and gold fans would hope that VCU can make a statement in that regard against their biggest rival. Um, and so protecting home court and reinforcing that all-time tally with Richmond struggling there will be huge. And then, that, you know, the lack of habit that everyone's, you know, wanted to talk about this year and the, and the changing style around VCU and the worries about losing an identity. This team is not creating a whole lot of live ball turnovers. And obviously in the past, the Seagull Center has always fed off of that. When VCU can create live ball turnovers, can get the habit going, can push things in transition, that's not how this VCU team is going to win games. And so I think they, they've really got to start. They've lived and died by the three a lot this year. And so if they can get going from outside early, then that's going to get the crowd into the game. And that's kind of this group's identity and key to, to getting the Seagull Center on its feet and the home support helping out because it's not going to be the same from a defensive standpoint as it has in years past. Zach, great stuff as always, man. Uh, check out his work, richmond.com, covering VCU athletics for the Richmond Times-Dispatch. Michael Phillips, did you hear the sports junkies earlier this week? One of the guys on the show had to get a new phone with a new number. I just got a text from a random number. Can I come on your show? Turns out it's Jason Bishop, Lurch Papa from the sports junkies, wants to come on next. You're listening to AWOD Radio on the fan. Welcome back. Happy Friday, everybody. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, new rule on 910 The Fan. On Fridays, we roll broadcasting live from River City Roll here in Scott's Edition. Don't call River City Roll just a bowling alley. It's much more than that. you got live entertainment on Fridays and Saturdays, open for brunch on Sundays, and you can even get a $10 pitcher of River City Roll beer for just $10 anytime there is a football game on. It's one of the best uh, pitcher deals around town here in Richmond, Virginia. Joining us right now, though, from Kansas City on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, broadcaster for the Chiefs Radio Network, it is Danon Hughes. What's going on, Danon? What's going on, man? Good to be here. Good to be preparing for another Super Bowl. Absolutely. Let's rewind back to last week. I mean, were you shocked with the defensive performance by the Chiefs holding the Ravens just 10 points? Man, I stopped being shocked about this Chiefs defense probably back in week five, week six. I mean, who would have thought if, if I was on your airwaves back in August and we have Patrick Mahomes healthy, Travis Kelsey healthy, that we'd be talking about the story of the season has been the Chiefs defense. But yeah. consistency has been the factor and pretty much the, the reason for success for this Chiefs team and consistency on the defensive side. So to answer your question, I wasn't surprised because that's they've been conditioned to for us Chiefs fans in the Chiefs kingdom to expect that. So now to the level of holding the Ravens to 10 points, Maybe that was a little bit of a surprise, but not the dominance. What did you think of the game plan in the second half there? It kind of felt like 
you know, the Chiefs changed their style. A lot more runs. Ended up 32 carries. Pacheco 24 for 68 yards and a touchdown. And no points scored in the second half in the AFC title game. And yet, it's the Chiefs heading back to Vegas for the Super Bowl. Yeah, I don't think the no scoring points was part of the plan. But I will say that we saw the ramping up of the run game. It first started against the Miami Dolphins in the Super Wild Card round, then against the Bills. So we knew that, and you always hear, what wins championships, what wins uh, games in January is the run game and defense. So I guess we're following suit with that. But, uh, yeah, the run game, I just felt like when you're up by two scores, Andy Reid, Matt Nagy has done a phenomenal job, especially in the latter part of this season, of recognizing the dominance of our defense and then not putting the, the pressure on the offense to continue to score points. There have been times where it's not just the Chiefs, but there have been times where other teams continue to put their foot on the gas pedal the same way they did in the first quarter, only to open the door up for the opposing team to gain momentum. You could probably look at the the game between the Detroit Lions and the San Francisco 49ers that proves that point. Uh, dominance in the first half, and instead of being methodical, utilizing the run game more, uh, you know, taking up time off the clock, putting more pressure on the Niners, they continued to try to go for the jugular in the second half, and it opened up the door for the home team to get that momentum, get the fans back on their side, and wind up losing the game. So I feel like Andy's been in this game long enough to recognize how to do things, how to execute, and still put ourselves in a position to win. Yeah, and the question was, could Patrick Mahomes win on the road where he did this season, and especially the last two weeks, really good play by Mahomes. (laughs) Defensively for the Chiefs here, uh, we all know Chris Jones. Who are a few other playmakers that you think are going to become household names next week and then afterwards? So before I get to that defensive question, how about the criticism that Patrick Mahomes uh, found himself in for not winning a game that he was never eligible to play in? Like how crazy was that? never being able to play in the postseason away from Arrowhead Stadium, and that was actually a criticism uh, in January. But the fact remains is that when you talk about this defense, Chris Jones is a big name, but uh, I'd say George Karloftis, who tied him with the team lead in sacks uh, in the regular season. Also, uh, Justin Reed, I think, is an unsung hero, the safety, uh, playing kind of a hybrid safety linebacker position. Uh, Drew Tranquil who was a yeah. free agent acquiree. I thought, uh, especially when Nick Bolton went down with a wrist injury, Drew filled in uh, in great fashion. And then Willie Gay Jr. was a guy that was not playing in the Bills game and didn't play at all against the Ravens. And Drew was able to move from his middle linebacker position behind Nick Bolton over to that outside linebacker position. So if you're talking about unsung heroes, I'd say those three or four guys contribute a lot to the defense and I definitely as much as a former wide receiver as I am I I usually hate giving credit to defensive backs and corners specifically (laughs) but Legereus Sneed and Trent McDuffie they got my respect too those guys are true lockdown corners and very physical as well. 
We've got TV radio broadcaster Danon Hughes with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. Follow him on social media, Guy 83 So what do you think of this matchup? What are your thoughts on the 49ers? I mean, a lot of people would say they've been the best team in the NFL this season outside of the Ravens. Yeah, I mean, and justifiably so. They pretty much dominated the NFC from the start of the season, had a little bit of a lull, but were able to get back on track. And they got some uh, retribution in mind. Uh, several guys on this roster for the Niners that experienced that loss back in Super Bowl 54. So I'm sure there's a lot of extra incentive for them to try to right the ship and, uh, and beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead West, a.k.a. Las Vegas. But uh, I feel like <laughs> we, we're in a position now where there's a lot of confidence on our team, but the Niners, especially with Christian McCaffrey, uh, we played them the first week he came to the Niners via trade, wasn't really indoctrinated fully into the offense. We were able to beat them out on their home field, but this is a different team, and uh, it's going to be a, a tall, tall task. Who would you give, like if we did rapid fire here, who would you give the um, the edge to in terms of position groups? So like quarterback, you're obviously going to say Mahomes. Running back, I'm guessing you'd go with McCaffrey and the 49ers. Let's go through some of the rest of the position groups and give us your thoughts here, Danon. Man, so, uh, yeah, wide receivers, I guess based on our drops, this season, I'd have to lean towards the Niners with Debo and Brandon Ayuk. Uh, tight end, I'm definitely going to nod towards Travis Kelsey. Offensive line, I'm going to give us the nod. Uh, on defense, uh, maybe their front four, pretty formidable front four. Uh, I, I like our linebackers, even though Greenlaw and Warner are phenomenal players. Uh, and our defensive backs, there's no question our four defensive backs are uh, better than their guys. So I don't know what that equates to as far as <laughs> the ratio, but uh, I think it's going to be a, a great matchup between two great teams, and it's probably going to go down to the wire. Absolutely. I mean, are you expecting this to be a defensive battle, or, or could this turn into a shootout here next weekend in Vegas? Uh, you know what? I, I think it could be a shootout. I don't think it's going to be like the Ravens game where it's a 17-10 to 10 game. Uh, the, the Niners have given up some points against the Detroit Lions, so I feel like they could be susceptible for us to get points against them. Uh, but at the same time, I feel like Andy Reid is not going to put our team in jeopardy of trying to outscore the opponents. And I think that's the mistake that John Harbaugh – and the Baltimore Ravens did. They tried to go throw for throw with Patrick Mahomes, got outside their game plan. And actually, if you look at how the Ravens have played the Chiefs in the past with Lamar at the helm, they've only beaten us once. But every time, it's they've played differently against us than they've played the rest of their opponents. Uh, yeah. to, have, to only run the ball six times tells you the tale that they were trying to go blow for blow, throw for throw with Patrick Mahomes. And it's just not something that you would prescribe for anybody. I feel like even with Brock Purdy, even with all those weapons and George Kittle, former Hawkeye, uh, I don't think that that would be smart for them to try to go throw for throw against Patrick Mahomes. Uh, so we'll see how it all unfolds. But I, I, don't, I don't think it's going to be 
as uh, low scoring a game as we saw last week with the Baltimore Ravens, but I don't think it's going to be a 37-34 match like they like they encountered. Danan, are you going to be at Radio Row at all next week? Yeah, I will be. I actually get in town on Monday. I got uh, a couple of scheduled appointments with Rich Gannon out there, a former teammate of mine on his show and a couple other ones. And then there's the local radio that's going to be out here from Kansas City. So I'll be bouncing around Radio Row early next week. And then I have my own show uh, called Players Only that I'll be doing uh, from there on Thursday. So, yeah, I'll be... I'll be around. Awesome. So I get in Sunday, so uh, hopefully I'll, I'll run into you at Radio Row. Sounds like a plan. I'll be there. All right, man. Take care. That's Dana Hughes. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan. AWOD Radio live from River City Roll. Michael Phillips here is Adam Bulls in the ninth frame. Uh, he's broken 100. That's the good news. The bad news. Uh, is he's not going to catch me. That's a win for MP, avenging my loss yeah. last week. I think you're mathematically out of it now. Uh, there's nothing to play for. We were high stakes last week, uh, but this week with nothing on the line, I'm playing loose and free. Should we put something on the line here for I, the final hour? Do you have to get out I got to bounce for dad duty here, yeah. but uh, but th- don't you worry. Next time we're at it, there will be something on the line. It, the rubber match, I believe they call oh, it. Oh, yeah. Might might go down in Vegas next week. Whoa! Bud Light Big Game Week. Bud Light Big week. Game Week. All right, joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, the Papa from the Sports Junkies, <laughs> Lurch. What's going on, bud? What's up, Michael Phillips and A-Wild Radio? Lurch, are you there? What's- I'm here. I'm here. Can you hear oh. me? Yeah, now I can. Sorry about that. Hey, how's your bowling game, dude? Oh, I haven't bowled in years. Um, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't even know. I mean, you would beat me easily. You probably beat me left-handed. <laughs> I'm not good. Because you, you famously did skip the P1 bowling party that we had when we got the number one ratings, or you got the number one ratings with the junkies. Yeah. You didn't come that night, yeah. right? I strategically yeah. missed that one. Yes, correct. <laughs> hey, I, hey, I wanted to tell you. Uh, I wanted to tell you, you know, I, I know I only do your show a few times a year, but you know how much I love talking college sports, college football, yeah. college hoops. I'll even talk women's college hoops because, you know, I follow the Lady Hokies. But um, I just I appreciate you asking me to come on because we never talk college sports on the junkies. You know that. And, and yeah. I get it. I know why. We, You know, we've been talking commander's coaching search for the last two weeks. And, of course, today was all Dan Quinn. But And I know it, it drives – the ratings, but I just enjoy talking college sports, so I'm glad that you asked me to come on. Man. Did you watch that UVA Virginia Tech Lady Hokies match last night? I did. I watched yeah. about. Um, I watched, you know, for probably three quarters. Um, yeah. UVA is just UVA is just not in Virginia Tech's class, um, and and Virginia Tech's game at Syracuse over the weekend was really impressive too, because that's a tough place to play. Yeah. And Georgia was just on fire. Kitley was terrible in that game. She couldn't hit a shot. Um, Georgia had 29 in that game. And then last night, Kitley couldn't miss a shot. So they're just really fun to watch. I just um, I hope they make another deep run. Yeah, I, I do too. And, I mean, last night the two combined for 53 points. And uh, Kitley had 18 rebounds. Amor had 14 assists. I mean, can you kind of explain to the audience here, you're a guy that's worked in this industry now for 25 years. Like, we've never seen a a combination of this in women's hoops that's like this here from any of the local teams with Liz Kitley and Georgia Amor. It it is unbelievable. It's going to be remembered for a long time. 
Yeah, and it, they were very fortunate that Liz decided to come back for another year, right? And then when when Liz yep. decided to come back, Kayla King decided to come back because they're you know they're high school buddies. Um, yep. I just I just think that their starting five is just legit, and and Carly Wenzel coming off the bench. I mean, she's going to be a stud. She's a freshman out of San Antonio. She's going to be really good. Um, the only thing I worry about sometimes with this team, and we'll see what happens in the tournament. But if Liz doesn't have a good game or, you know, if, if, if they play a big team, big athletic team, it's pretty much all Georgia and Kayla King. And if they're not hitting shots from the perimeter, they're very beatable. So they just need the inside-outside game. So they need Liz to stay hot. And I'm not sure who they play next. I have to look at their schedule. But they are really fun to watch when they're playing well. And, um, you know, last year was such a great run. Oh, they're at North Carolina on Sunday. That's going to be a big one. Yeah, and then um, and then but, at NC State. I mean, this is a, a difficult two-game stretch next week. Yeah, the the ACC women's conference is much better and deeper than the men's. I mean, the men's ACC yeah. conference is just down. I mean, there's two teams ranked. Women have at least five ranked. So, you know, I don't know what's going on in the men's, uh, the ACC men's conference. They're just they're not as strong as they usually are. They've been down for a couple of years. But um, anyway, Lady Hokies, yeah. I root for them. And I'm hoping to get down there for a game before the end of the year. I love that, man. So uh, let, let's talk about the ACC and uh, really college basketball as a whole on the men's side because I found it really interesting. There's a big thread that's going on on social media. Terrence Oglesby, who I've had on the show, uh, T.O., played for Clemson, was talking about how the Big 12 has gained the system, how they have like eight teams in the top 25, and they just beat up on teams in out-of-conference play. And now because of that, every opportunity they get is Q1 win. And because of that, they've got so many high-ranked teams. And the ACC right now is only supposed to get, what, like three teams, if that, into the NCAA tournament? It is all about gaming the system and the net. I agree. And and Oglesby's awesome, by the way. And um, yeah, yeah, that's that's what they. I mean, the Big Twelve is just better. Um, they've got better players, and they play better defense. And, no, you but know, the, yeah, got, but do you? Th- would you take? But would you take like the BYU against Miami? I would give the. I would give it to Miami. You know, like NC State against TCU. I'd probably give it to NC State, even though both those Big Twelve teams are are ranked right now. I don't know. I, I mean, I, you know, they would have to prove it to me. Um, BYU is pretty damn good. Um, you know, TCU is pretty damn good. These are good teams. And I get it. You, you know, they're beating the other teams in their conference, so they're getting those quad one wins. But, um, you know, when I watch teams like Syracuse and, you know, Miami's 5-5 five and five in the conference. You know, I mean, they're not that impressive. Virginia Tech. I mean, Virginia Tech is, you know, they got no bench and they're not very athletic. Um, you know, Clemson's probably that third team in the ACC, but they've had some bad losses. So, you know, Georgia Tech, even though they beat Carolina the other night, they're three and seven in the conference. Notre Dame's terrible. I mean, it's just not it's just not a strong top to bottom conference like it usually is. If it was, there'd be more than two teams ranked. Now I think UVA has a shot yeah. at getting into the tournament. Um, you know, they're gonna need to to put together some wins, but they you know, they're starting to put it together now. They're seven and three in the conference and they still have to play Clemson this weekend. They beat Clemson Tomorrow at Clemson, um, I would put them in the tournament, and we'll see what happens the rest of the year. But the Big 12, man, they might get nine teams in. Yeah, I know. I you know mean, what I mean? It's wild. 
Uh, yeah, times are changing in college hoops. It's Lurch with us here from the Sports Junkies on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. The Richmond Spiders travel from Henrico down Broad Street to the Siegel Center for the Capital City Classic against VCU tomorrow. Spiders 8-0 in the conference. Uh, Chris Mooney has that squad playing incredible basketball. VCU with year one, Brian Odom, coming off of a heartbreaking loss to St. Bonaventure, but they will be back in their home court for this big rivalry game tomorrow. What are your thoughts, I'm surprised. Sarge? I'm surprised you didn't lead off with that one. That's a huge game um, <laughs> yeah. down there. Yes. So, I mean, Richmond's win against Dayton uh, you know, a couple of days ago was just awesome. Um they're really playing well. Chris Mooney's got them playing well, and he's running that Princeton system. But you know, he's he's got them playing at a nice little pace too. And and um, you know, they're shooting the three well. That Neil Quinn kid down low is huge. They got like a nice yeah. little inside outside game. Uh, VCU, I guess you know, I'm not sure if they're going to be favored in this game. I haven't seen a line, but the problem with VCU is, and you know this, they just have trouble scoring. And if if they're shooting the ball well, they're going to win the game. But they're going to have to keep pace with, with Richmond because Richmond's going to be able to shoot the ball. Um, if Richmond's not shooting the ball well from three, then, you know, I like VCU. But, I mean, you know more about VCU than me. Sometimes they just struggle to score the ball. And if they can't get out of the, you know, low 60s, mid 60s, I don't see them winning. Yeah, I mean, the, the stat that's driving people crazy here uh, in Richmond for the Rams is – they're 360th right now in the country in two-point field goals. They're like top 50 in three-point field goals, but they just haven't been able to score inside the arc this season. And then part of that is because of how many transfers we had in the offseason, losing our top seven uh, guys that got the most minutes from last year. Lurch, remind me, wh what year were you at Richmond? 88-89. Uh, so uh, my freshman year was 88. What, what conference yep. were they in then? What conference were they in? I think we were. That's a great metro? question. Mm, yeah. That's a great question. What conference were they in? Um, I wasn't Conference USA. I, that's a great question. I'd have to go back and check. But it was so long ago, 1988. But we yeah, had some but really good Do you good remember players. any games against VCU? Uh, yeah, I remember we played them uh, at VCU, and man, it was just a tough place to play. But Kenny Atkinson, who was the point guard, who's. Um, now an NBA coach, an assistant NBA coach, just yeah. had a bomb game. He was just a great shooter. And we had Mike Winicki, who was down low, and um, Scott Stapleton, like a swing player. We just had really good athletes, well-coached. Dick Tarrant was the coach. Um, but, man, college hoops back then was so much different, Adam. It was just <laughs> it was just a different ball game than it is now. I mean, you, everything, basketball in general is different. Look at the NBA scores. It's just crazy, right? Right. Um, and now with Transfer Portal and NIL, it's just nuts. But tomorrow is a huge day, not just down there with the Richmond VCU game, but there are some huge games in the top 25. So it's just a, um, it's a great weekend to watch some college hoops now that uh, you don't have to watch any football this weekend. Yeah, no, you're certainly right about that one. Are you going Duke or North Carolina before we let you go? I'm going to take Carolina. Um, I know they didn't play well at Georgia Tech, but um, I like them at home. It's just going to be fun to watch. Uh, but, you know, R.J. Davis is playing great basketball. And, um, you know, Baycott's got to come to play. You know, he can he's, – he's very good and he's physical. Um, but Carolina is a lot different than they usually are. They're actually defending pretty well this, this year. So, um, I like R.J. Davis and Baycott. Um, Cormac Ryan's got to shoot the ball well for them to win. But at home, I like them. In the Smith Center, I like them.
Lurch, thanks so much for the time, man. I really appreciate it. My man. Have a great weekend. All right, you too. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on the fan.